0: Hello, and welcome to UI Chat from the Interface, the monthly show to talk about everything Ubiquiti and networking. I'm your host, Alex, and once again, I'm joined by my co host, Evan McCann. Welcome, Evan.
1: Welcome. Good to be back. Yeah. Get another month of <laughs> hardware and software to review.
0: Yeah. So, for the title of this episode, I did bounce around. Maybe last week, I put in the in the show notes, finally, a quieter month. And I think Ubiquiti must have read that because they, within the last five days, they came out with a ton of stuff. Again, <laughs> Yeah, you, you definitely jinxed us. I that, think I did, sure. yeah. I was like, oh, like a nice relaxing month because last month was uh, very, very busy for Ubixi stuff.
1: Right. As always, yeah. I, I mean, the big thing is the um, all the Ultra stuff. But mm. um, yeah, we'll, we'll get into it.
0: Nice. Um, before we get into all the stuff, I've got some follow-ups. So you've put in some Ultra switches. So the UDR Ultra. So I think we must have mentioned in an episode or two ago the UDR Ultra. And that's now become the Unify, what do they call it, Unify Gateway, Cloud Gateway or something along those lines? Uh, Ultra, mm-hmm. so.
1: Yeah, so on last episode, I, I had just kind of gone through recent leaks and just like, um, usually you can kind of tell some upcoming products based on what's in the um, the Unify network software, uh, especially the early access ones, they'll have upcoming um, products, images, and, and stuff like that. So yeah, the, the UDR ult, I think we got from an FCC filing I'm not hundred percent sure, but I—I I mean, to my understanding, that became the the dream. Um, what is it? The <laughs> cloud cloud gateway ultra. That's the yeah. name of the product? UCG yeah. ultra. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that right. um, that's one of those. I, I think I had like seven or so different products. Um, and the ultra switches are the other the other one that we kind of knew about just because they had talked about that at um, Wispapalooza or some event I believe down in South America. Yep. So those two are now out. Um, we do have a few more to add to that list of like stuff we know is coming soon. We have a 16-port um, Pro Max switch. So we have the 24 and the 48 right now. Oh, really? Uh, non, Non-POE and POE, those four models of the Pro Max. Um, and there's going to be a 16-port version of that that's upcoming. At least at least there's images that, that show that. Mm. Um, so a little bit smaller, a little bit cheaper. And it's going to be interesting where the pricing falls because I'm assuming... It's going to be close to the 24 port pro switches, Mm -hmm. the, those. So it's like, do you want a little bit more speed or more features? And my cat's freaking out back here. Nice. (laughs) Um, Yes. uh, Sorry. Uh, Yeah. Do you want more features, more speed and and less interfaces or, or, you know, it's going to be a weird trade off between those two. Um, The other one is the, uh, the NAS pro. This is something we we heard about months ago, maybe yeah. last year sometime. There's just kind of more more fuel for that fire. That the NAS Pro, um, it's just going to be a bunch of hard drives that I'm assuming just kind of like mass storage on the network. Um, mm-hmm. We don't really know what that product is going to be or if there's going to be new software to go alongside of it. I would assume so. There's going to be another Unify application for like managing storage. That'd be nice. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, the three U7 models: so the U7 InWall, U7 Pro Max, and U7 Enterprise. Um, so that would go along with the, the U7 Pro is the only one we have now. So all of the other stuff that we mentioned, I think like the UDM Pro Max, um, the the like the Enterprise UXG model, there's a couple others there that are still, you know, we're expecting soon, so I'm sure we'll talk about those probably next month or or maybe the the following.
0: Yeah. As someone who deals with a lot of four K video every day, I was I'm looking forward to the UNAS Pro because I've got a sort of a hacked together. USB-C dongle on my iMac at the moment full of SSDs, so <laughs> I haven't got around to sorting USB? out a storage solution.
1: You don't even have, like, a NAS or anything? You just have, like, no, a couple hard drives?
0: I haven't got around to sorting that out, sort out yet, so...
1: Right, yeah. Well, um, I know a lot of people recommend Synology. I've, mm-hmm. I have a Synology. Um, anything like that, yeah, it's better than <laughs> sticking a few hard drives together or using USB, yeah, yeah. so it'd be nice to see what that product actually is.
0: Yeah, definitely. I reckon it would look like a um, MVR Pro sort of thing i reckon yeah or that's
1: that's what the image shows i think it oh, was really? like seven okay. six or seven hard drive bays along the front just like the um oh, sweet the unvr pro
0: nice some interesting stuff coming soon when you said switch pro max 16 i was like oh have i missed a new product announcement no it's just a uh, just one of the leaks
1: yeah yeah it, it's um not official but yeah it's in the latest um network ea version so we'll see if it's awesome. coming soon
0: sweet um just before we get started with the ubiquity news thanks everyone who's been listening to this podcast me and evan really look forward to coming back every month to provide our takes on the latest ubiquity updates we would really appreciate it if you could review this show on the podcast app you're listening in be it apple Podcasts, spotify or even youtube uh, if you're watching our gorgeous faces on youtube make sure to leave a comment and hit that like button it really does help other people find this show without further ado let's get back to the Ubiksy news. Um, I'm going to let you run with this one. It's the FBI removed Russian malware from edge routers. I did see a tweet from Marcus as well. Uh, yeah, you've linked that in the show notes as well, just clarifying what that meant. Could you just run us through that? Because I don't know much about this just yet.
1: Yeah, so kind of out of nowhere, um, the US Department of Justice just kind of released this news that they had removed Russian malware. Um, from. I, I don't think that they got super specific about what the malware was or... or um, you know, they didn't give us all the details, but the details we do know is it was basically older edge routers, um, especially okay. ones that were on the Internet and using default credentials. Um, so if you're running years old firmware with default credentials, you could have potentially been part of um, I, I think it was like a, a botnet. They were. Mm-hmm. It was used for spear phishing and uh, credential harvesting against targets of intelligence interest to the Russian government, such as the U.S. Uh, foreign governments, military security, and corporate organizations. Okay. Um, so the the interesting thing is the FBI uh, was authorized by, I think, by a a, um, a U.S. court to go ahead and just kind of deal with this. I, I don't think that they – they didn't notify the people that were running these networks until after they had gone and patched the issue or, or yep. removed – um, you know, the kind of botnet that was running on them. So they just said, hey, you know, by the way, we, we handled this for you. Uh, update <laughs> your firmware, change your password, et cetera. Um, and yeah, this, this is kind of concerning, but it, it's also kind of um, the reality of kind of insecure old software running on the public Internet with default credentials. Like that is yep. among the worst security posture you can be. Um, so Marcus, uh, he's, he's the head of cybersecurity on, for Ubiquity um, on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. Uh, he commented on it and said, no, there's, you know, this isn't like a security, vulnerab- security vulnerability. There is no yep. CDE for running years old firmware with default credentials uh, with ports open to the Internet. So if, if he you know, he was kind of naming and shaming, saying the people that were vulnerable to this, it was kind of their fault. Yep. Um, and I, yep. I kind of tend to agree with that. Um, but it is really concerning, and, and probably the more interesting thing is the fact that the U- FBI intervened, took care of it, and then notified people, which is yeah. kind of uh, interesting.
0: Do you remember um, back in, oh, I don't know when it was, it like 2017, there was an Air Max vulnerability, not a vulnerability, but a similar sort of thing, where um, it was, if you had one Air Max radio, I think Air Max M connected to the public internet with a public IP, there was like this weird, like, I don't know how to describe it, but one radio got infected and then could affect infect subnets beneath it. It would change SSIDs and change the passwords. Like it would change SSIDs to uh, uh, profanities and different things. I remember dealing with that when I was working at the WISP. I don't know if you remember seeing that, but um, no, yeah, I, I pretty... don't remember
1: that one specifically. Um, but yeah, the, the Ars technical article about this, they pointed out that like Cisco, Netgear, TP-Link, they've had similar things like within the past year. It's happened to Ubiquity in the past. Um, it's just kind of the reality of things, and that's why you need to be careful about what you expose oh, yeah. to the internet. Because not only if if you can reach it from outside the network, so can everyone else on the internet, um, and so can Russians that are trying to <laughs> use you for spear phishing and, and stuff like that. So you got to be very careful when you expose things to the internet.
0: Yeah, hundred um, percent. And yeah, I agree with what Marcus said. It's it's like it's kind of on you for running. What well, is on you for running old firmware? If that's what you're doing, so. Update your yeah. stuff. <laughs> that's the message today. <laughs> yeah. Um, the next one is the UWC, the Unify World Conference Tour. And I think I think that's where the Ultra devices were sort of previewed in South America. I think it was this, at this, one of these events last year. Um, basically, the mm-hmm. big keynotes, like big conferences, big keynotes are taking place all over the place. So uh, Chicago, London, which are am hopefully going to go to, Munich... Uh, Sweden and Dubai and different places um, and basically you get some free lunch which is the headlining thing for me <laughs> um, but three you can apply to go and you'll get approved um, and basically Robert Perra will be there and there's some products on show and potentially some products we've not seen before judging by what's happened at the events in, in prior times. so it's interesting to see that Robert Perra meeting and greeting the communities and it's quite nice to see
1: yeah, and I, I think this is something Ubiquiti used to do a lot more. If you just search UWC or Unify World Conference, you see, like, 2015. You know, I, I think this used to be a yearly thing for them. Uh, that was kind of mm. back before I, I paid close attention to um, the company. But, um, yeah, it's, it's good to see Robert out there. It's good to see these kind of public events. I think it's a great opportunity to get people together and, and kind of... I don't think Ubiquiti is ever going to give us, like, a roadmap, per se, but... Um, but just no. kind of a more organized way to, you know, introduce new products and, and kind of explain their direction. And yeah, obviously free lunch, that's the headlining thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, I applied, um, it seems like they're really targeting people that have purchasing power. I mean, obviously if, uh, and bigger content creators, like I know, I think Cody already got his acceptance that he's going to yep. be going. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if he's going to the Chicago one or which he one. is, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. Chicago. Um, but yeah, so it's uh, I'm curious what kind of news we're going to get out of that. It's mm-hmm. the the first one is Chicago, March twenty sixth, twenty twenty four, and okay. then yeah, they go over to to Europe and Dubai, Singapore, etc. Nice. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm curious. Even if I can't go, um, I I'm, I really want to see what comes out of that. Well, yeah,
0: because uh, as I said, that like, the ultra stuff was sort of preview. They have got the cameras that haven't even seen the de- the. Uh, light of day yet, and also the uh, Swiss Army Knife was previewed at those events, so be interested to see what happens. Yeah. Sweet. Okay. Um, not as much hardware. Well, kind of is. There's not much major hardware as there has been previously, but there's still quite a bit to get through. So um, this is pretty hot off the press. I think last few days, the videos went out from uh, Chris and uh, Cody. Uh, they sort of get access to his hardware ahead of time now. So we've got the Cloud Gateway Ultra UCG Ultra, so Cloud Gateway Ultra, one hundred twenty nine dollars. Um, it's essentially just another cloud console with built in. uh Has it got? I don't think it's got built in Wi Fi. It's just a a router, isn't it? I think. um So just yeah, just standard routing. But it's got multi WAN load balancing. So you've got two WAN ports. You can also use the LTE um, hotspot device, and also you can power it from USB C. So it's quite interesting. And then there's some in there's some details cut as. There's some other details that have come out since that device has been launched. We've we've found out that it's only got a one gig backplane as well. Um, so it's some there's some limiting features, but it's quite a good price point to be honest.
1: Yeah, it's actually the cheapest. Um, so yeah, what's interesting to me is comparing to the Express, which is 149, and the Dream Router, which is 199. Um, this is 129, at least US pricing. I don't know yep. what it is for for you in the UK, but so it's it's even cheaper than the Express, and it's. Um, the The weird thing is, what what does Ultra mean? Because to normal people, Ultra is like the high end model, but to Ubiquiti, it's it's the we're giving you a lot for your money. It's like yep. the bang for the buck model, I guess. Yep. And that's kind of what the Ultra switches are and all the other Ultra things. So uh, cheap price, um, yeah. The the backplane limitation, we can get into that a bit more. But I, I think for what you're spending, you know, it makes the Express and the Dream Router. Um, You know, if if this is the kind of thing you're looking for where you don't care about cameras, you don't care about, um, you know, the things that the DreamRouter can do for you or the Express is too limiting, you can actually spend less money (laughs) and get more in some ways. So the, yeah, the Cloud Gateway Ultra, it has a two and a half gig WAN port, it has four gigabit LAN ports. Um, It can run the network application for over 30 devices, so it doesn't have that really low device limitation. Um, management you know for managing other switches mm. and APs um, you can run a much larger network with the cloud gateway ultra than you can with the express um, and it does do gigabit IPS IDS. so it's it's a lot for 129 it's definitely oh, yeah. kind of the 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 new star of the kind of low-end lineup in my mind um, but yeah the did you read much about the backplane
0: um, a little bit so I saw some people talking about it it's basically one gig shared over all the LAN ports essentially. Um, so, yeah I, yeah. I
1: think it's similar to the way that the, um, was it the Dream Machine Pro and the Dream Machine SE, mm-hmm. the you know, the larger rack mount ones, where they they have those LAN ports. Um, so those have like 10 gig interfaces and um, the SE has a two and a half gig um, WAN RJ45 port. But the like eight gigabit LAN ports on the front, they have a very, they have, they're limited to a single gigabit connection um, so you're not going to really get a lot of throughput from those LAN ports out to mm-hmm. the WAN or you know those kind of things, and this kind of has the same thing where it has four gigabit LAN ports, but they share a single gigabit link to the to the chipset or to the system on chip. Um, so you're not going to get even though it does have a two and a half gig WAN port, you know you're you're limited because the only way you can kind of Fully utilize, like if you had a two and a half gig WAN connection, the only way you can fully utilize that would be through those uh, LAN ports. Yeah, yeah. And you're limited to a gigabit there. So it's like, why? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm assuming it was somehow cheaper or, or made sense for them to include the two and a half gig. Like, that's good to see. But then to cap it there and say, we well, have a two and a half gig interface. You can only use, what, two fifths of it there? It's interesting. I assume.
0: Yeah, I said there was two WAN ports. I think that's not correct. There's one WAN port. Oh No, no one is... can be
1: re Oh, one really? One can be remapped. Yeah. So they oh, have right. the four gigabit four gigabit LANs. One of those can be remapped as a second wired LAN. So you could have dual oh, wow. WAN. Um, and then, yeah, you mentioned you can also add the LTE. So I guess you could technically have three LANs mm. or, you know, do, uh, dual, sure. dual WAN and have the LTE backup. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, with, the, with that big asterisk yeah. of... You won't get multi-gigabit speeds. Um, I think for 129, it's it's great, and there's a, there's a lot to like about it.
0: Yeah, 100%. Um, and it just doesn't have any POE uh, for any APs. So this hasn't got built-in Wi-Fi, so you may, while it may be cost-effective, you may have a more messy setup, potentially. Depends on where you want to mm-hmm. use this and how you want to use it. You may have to have more power supplies than you would have with the UDR, for example. Um, but obviously, you don't get gigabit
1: speeds on the UDR, so yeah. Right. And I mean, and this is cheaper than a cloud key on its own. So yeah. if you're looking to get started, I, yeah. I think this is a, a strong contender. Um, it oh, makes great. like it's it, it's weird that they have the UXG Lite, UXG Pro, um, but they put such a kind of a price premium or like a feature deficit on those. So like you really have to pay a lot more if you want to build things piece by piece. If you go all in and get a cloud gateway, you s- save a lot of money and, and kind of have the convenience of everything all in one if you want to build it you know i want just a router i want just my controller um either you have to do a lot of work yourself to like kind of set that up or or figure out how to piece it together um or you're just going to be missing out on features or, or spending more money
0: well yeah also they're probably targeting the home market because when i've specced up solutions like as cheaply as possible for people it always ends up being too much um mm-hmm. and they never either they never want to go for it because they don't see the value in it but if this is like hundred and twenty nine dollars and you get a switch built in and a controller and it's all like one device and it's all they need. so you just, just gotta add the AP somewhere else, which there are some APs available now for quite cheaply, this would be quite a good a good solution. And you could just use peer re injectors and it wouldn't be awful, um, to bring the cost down. So Yeah, I think it's a good addition. Um the Ultra lineups, interesting. Um some of their marketing they've they've said they're targeting it towards um emerging markets emerging emerging international markets or something along the, or something along those lines sorry um so i guess like just less well off countries yeah, potentially I, so
1: yeah I, I think south america is what they mentioned maybe possibly yep. africa uh asia yeah. maybe as well because yeah, yeah their, their big markets are obviously uh europe and uh, america mm-hmm. um and i think these are more targeted at everywhere else
0: Yep. cool um and there's some information you found out quad core a53 three gigabytes of ram and 16 gigabytes of storage um and also, yeah, yeah they
1: didn't have those specs like when no. they first released the video and the uh, you know the news came out of mm. this product they didn't have any specs about cpu um they did confirm it in the community forms and then they added it to the spec sheet uh, since oh, then yes. and that's also in the community forms is where the the gigabit backplane was discussed um, that's correct yeah so if you, if you look through the release thread there um, you'll you'll see their their comments.
0: Yep. Oh, they to did be say fair, <laughs> someone said that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. My my favorite part of that is um, when they were discussing the backplane. Someone said like, "Why would you do this? Why would you include a two and a half gig interface um, and then limit it with the the gigabit backplane?" It said, "Well, the console itself can make use of it, uh, like when downloading firmware. So yeah, you can like that two and a half gig interface can download stuff. It's just it won't get to your LAN." beyond gigabit so uh interesting use case there for for multi gig
0: yeah it's weird isn't it i don't understand that but there must be some weird reason they had to do it i guess we'll never know
1: so. yeah I, I i think the real reason is um this is so cheap that they just had to go i, I don't know who made like if, if they just bought like a pre-built board or or qualcomm mm-hmm. had this chip ready to go that was super cheap and kind of very targeted towards this kind of use case um i i think that it was kinda of out of their hands. Either they had to buy more expensive components or they had to deal with this limitation. But, you know, if if it was, you know, one fifty nine or two hundred bucks and didn't have that limit, would people be as interested in it? I don't I don't know.
0: Yeah. Cool. Um the next one is another Ultra device. Well devices actually. So it's the Ultra switches. Um again these are these are very well priced. Um and the big thing for these is you can buy them without an AC adapter. So the very basic Ultra Switch. Uh, these are, but we well, will just go over what the they are first. Very small, compact switches. Um, and the big thing for me is they've got Piri out on all ports. Like if you think, think about the US Lite 8, you only get four ports Piri. If you're after Piri ports, that's all you want. And as cheap as possible. These are brilliant for that. Um, so all of them can be powered by BT so Piri, so plus plus. And you can choose the AC adapter you want. Um, so you either get no AC adapter for 129, a 60-watt adapter um, for 159, and then you also get a 210 uh, AC adapter for 229, I believe. So that's the... They are essentially just all the same switches, aren't they? just come with different adapters.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's one my understanding. Available. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's one switch. It's just... Um... You know, three different options for power. So it's no power adapter, a sixty-watt brick, or a I think it's two hundred and ten. Um, I wonder if they'll sell those separately because it seems like the switch is otherwise identical. It might be cheaper just to buy
0: it with a just to buy a PE like a BT because That seems a lot of money for a. It seems like a lot of money for a um a power supply.
1: Yeah, you're you're adding a hundred bucks to go from no power supply to the the highest uh, power. But that's that would yeah. give you 200, but, yeah. 200 plus watts of uh, output to. there, so it's um, it's interesting. It seems like it's kind of like a, it seems like the Flex but just larger. Uh, the reason I think that is they confirm that there's no spanning tree, rapid spanning tree, and there's no link aggregation. Mm. Um, I didn't see <laughs> it. maybe it's in the thread somewhere or I missed it, but I I would assume there's no, um, in the same way that the what is it the Flex Mini I believe has. Like no command line interface, the adoption process is a little bit different, isn't Mm. it? The Flex Mini. That is the correct, yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the Flex Mini has the same limitation: no spanning tree, no Mm. link aggregation. There's a few feature differences, so I Mm. I think this is kind of like a. I think of it as kind of a larger uh, Flex Mini or larger Flex. Um, Oh yeah. And just yeah, it's it's really just um, if if you need cheap and PoE, Um, and the the flexibility of powering it via PoE in. Um, oh, yeah. You you really need Poe plus plus in to get much of you know much of the pass through, mm. um, but yes, yeah, so it's there's a lot of asterisks about the power but overall uh, yet another <laughs> cheap uh, switch I, I just think that the, the lack of spanning tree and the, the lack of link aggregation and maybe a few other features that's gonna de- definitely trip people up and you kind of have to pay attention to those little details when you're when you're looking at you know the alternatives around that price.
0: I can see it used in two places either the home which you could power the, the, a PE brick or something if you had one just a standard BT PE. or um, if you think of like offices if they've got uh, a place in the building that want ca- like a few cameras mm-hmm. all you'd need is instead of running one instead of running like eight cables or seven cables just run one cable with BT and then that would have enough PE budget to power seven cameras I'm sure um in one area that's a good cheap way of getting ethernet to one place with poe
1: right but it's it's thirty dollars more than the flex and the flex is um it's five ports so one of those would be your poe in and you have yep. four out so the flex kind of fits in that same situation where yeah yeah if you have three four cameras or aps uh and you want to have just a single cable run back to your main network. Um, this is another option for that. If you have maybe a few a few more unpowered devices, mm-hmm. um, otherwise you're going to need AC input to get the, the higher PoE output there. Yeah, but definitely. Another option for the, for those kind of setups, yeah.
0: Yeah, looks cool. And then, again, with the ethos of being ultra, um, you can you can mount it various ways. There's a magnetic adapter for it uh, that I think comes with it. There's a wall mount, ceiling mount, different things. Um, you can screw it in different places. So there's some interesting mounting options. That's, again, coming back to the fact that it's an ultra... Uh, ultra device which is quite cool
1: yeah they, they seem to be all about the magnetic
0: mounting lately mm. yeah it's cool so i'm gonna try and pick one pick one of these up when they come to the uk so that'd be quite nice um we got yeah, some did, did
1: gone did wait did you, you're gonna get one did you get one of the cloud gateway um no features? they're not available either so mm. okay it so um, says coming soon tbd yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, oh that's I guess we didn't mention that. I, I think these are US only. Are they in Canada or any other territories? I don't know.
0: I believe they're available everywhere. Um but in some areas they'll just, just be not coming soon.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: It's okay. you can it's listed on the store, the price is there. It just says coming soon and it and a few things have have done that recently, so I'll just I'll get it when I get it, so I'm <laughs> uh, just gonna jump back to the the Wisp nature of Ubiquity for a second. Um, this wasn't announced anywhere. I just happen to browse the store every few, well, once a week, roughly, just glance over the whole store to see if there's anything, see if there's anything new, because uh, otherwise you won't know. Um, this is quite cool, I think. Uh, this is the Wave Pico. Um, so for those uninitiated, the the Wave line is ubiquity's sixty gigahertz point-to-multi point platform, um, and this is their smallest device. I believe it's similar in size similar in size to the nanobeam 16 that little tiny 5 gigahertz device um and this will this has quite a short range i think this will work quite well uh, so it says 1.3 kilometers on the wave ap and, and 0.9 kilometers on the, on the micro ap i think this will work quite well in, in quite built-up areas or business parks like a little cons, con con little uh, compact area with lots of things you need to get internet to in one little space So i think that'll work quite well for that Uh, but it's $179 and it'll do maximum of 2 gigabit per second it's got the 5 gigahertz radio as well and it looks quite nice actually I think that'd be quite a good solution for WISPs looking to put fiber like services in compact areas that are quite tricky to serve so
1: yeah and it's just the Pico Pico is the only new one so now they have Pico, Nano, Pro Long Range they have a lot of different options for CPE Yeah,
0: yeah. The pro one's quite expensive. It's like near um, five hundred dollars, I think. Oh, six hundred dollars,
1: but it has got fifteen yeah. kilometers of range. So, yeah, yeah, significantly more range. Five gigahertz backup. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I am happy to see the wave uh, line get built out. It's yeah, they they didn't seem to announce this or, or make a big no. you know show about it, but yeah, there it is. Nope. And then they also have the the mount for it as well, right? Or the, the mount well, they got it? the
0: mount for the they got the mount for one of the access points, so the AP micro um they've made like a a 360 degree mount essentially you can mount four AP micros back to back essentially um to cover a 360 degree coverage area I guess like a sector arrangement um just judging I don't I'm not sure what the what the front to back ratio is on 60 gigahertz I'd imagine these are quite well insulated um just judging from what i've done with five gigahertz before but i'm sure 60 gigahertz is fine um that's quite cool i quite like that solution i can imagine that being quite handy in a small town or something yeah for specifically for
1: um like what you were mentioning like a business park or when you when you have a bunch of clients close distance uh 60 gigahertz is great um that mount option is interesting and uh, yeah Mm. front to back ratio i I think there's a lot of things to dig into before you kind of uh, you know, use this, but I, I I think that would be a, a great solution potentially. Uh if if it all performs and it's insulated enough. Um yeah, I, I'd be worried about interference yeah. and availability of spectrum. It's usually fine with sixty gigahertz, but um when you have that many radios close together that could be a concern.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Um some more Wisp stuff. So the there's this new power injector I noticed on the store again. Um it's called the UISP Dual Power Injectors. Essentially a PoE injector that's powered from one of the transport connectors and it powers two 48-volt um, uh, passive devices. What, what it's made for is the Wave AP. So the Wave AP has 10 gig SFP for data and then a 2.5 gig PoE port for power. But um, essentially what they're saying you should do instead is run a trans like if you have got the the UISP Power Pro, it's got tons of transport outputs on it. You could power up a couple of these, power two APs off that, and then just run fiber up the tower for your um, your data. And then you wouldn't have the issue of like water getting in the ethernet cables or long runs like reducing the power. You just run this transport connector up to, it, which is quite a nice solution. And they're quite they're quite well priced, I think. But that's quite a interesting way of doing things. I think that'll work quite well Um, because obviously fiber is a lot a lot more
1: stable than it ethernet would be at long distances so yeah and good to see them expanding on transport um Mm. yeah everything we said before still holds true like it's it's kind of disappointing it's proprietary but this is kind of what i had in mind um yeah yeah. where this this solves a problem for wisp where it's it's not always easy to properly design a tower get power Mm. everywhere run fiber run ethernet to all the places ground things um, so if this helps people with that, I, I think it's a, a great thing to look into.
0: Yeah, especially on some of our towers we had that were really exposed. We had so many problems with Ethernet getting water in it and stuff. And if we had this sort of thing available, that would have been so cool. Um, so, yeah. I do wonder if you could power up anything else from it. So, like, Cambium stuff. I'd imagine you probably can. It's just 48 volts.
1: <laughs> yeah, Do they say, like... Um... There's a lot of annoying details about like uh, the pin out of the POE, but it's just it looks like just straight up 48 volt uh, DC. So I would assume, yeah, um, yeah, any APs like yeah, you mentioned Cambium, any other any other things that could run off 48 volt, which is is pretty standard. Uh, yeah, it's 100 watt power maximum. This.
0: So yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, and it's nice that it's two and a half gig too. So you're not um, most power injectors are gigabit. So nice to see. It. Nice to see well, that.
0: It doesn't really matter with this, to be honest, because it's it's not going to deliver any data. It's just there's no. If you get what I mean. There's no, I don't know why they mentioned it's two and a half gig, but it doesn't really matter. It's just doing. it's just a, it's just a power injector, isn't it? So.
1: Well, yeah. That's uh, <laughs> what would be the point. I, is it, it the the two devices? So there's two POE outports. Yep. Yeah. Um, would that be a local connection at two and a half gig between those two devices? I mean, if you're powering two APs, I don't understand the use case there. But maybe if one of those, I think it's a like way a router of router or a switch. I, I'm not sure. Yeah.
0: I think the purpose is just to reduce the amount of runs up the tower because if you can power f- two APs off one cable and then run fiber back down again, otherwise you'd be running four cables for two APs. You'd, all you have got to do now is run three. I guess you yeah. say one, but yeah. I think it's just a way. It all, hmm. I think it's just a way, as I said, a, of, of making sure you you don't have water ingress in Ethernet cables. Yeah. That would be a pain to fix. So. But then you can also power power other stuff off that as well. So and also you're saving internet ports on USP switches. Um and the other actually the other thing would be that uh yeah, that's another thing. If they if you're after a tower that's completely one hundred percent UISP based, you can't power any forty eight stuff any forty eight volt stuff off it. It's all twenty seven volts. What while the the um UISP wave stuff can be powered off twenty seven volts, I think it's better suited to forty eight volts. And that also, that also lends itself nicely to the uh, air fiber XG as well. They can also be powered off passive twenty seven volts. But I think there's a few features on those devices like a heater built in that won't function unless it's powered by forty eight volts. So I guess this is a, this is a nice way of getting forty eight volts out of the u s p stack, and then using fiber for data. Actually, that's a quite a good thought actually. So yeah, I think that's what it's for. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you saw this one. I was again I was just browsing the stores I do like once or twice a week just because it's fun <laughs> um this was I was is surprised it? about the the name uh it's an Amplify device this one so you look at the product code is AFI amplify and also if you look at the images um it's an amplifier cable which is really odd um I don't know why it's under the Amplify branding, but I've got a similar device. I've got a similar cable to this. I've got a cable that has a little display on it to tell you how much power is being drawn. But it's interesting to see that Ubiquiti have launched their own. I don't. I can't work out why unless they're transitioning Amplify to becoming like a accessories manufacturer away from doing Wi-Fi stuff. I don't really know. But
1: yeah, I don't know the the little it, it reads out how much power is yeah. going through the cable. Is that that's the little display? I mean, yeah. that's that's a cool feature and yeah it's it's not unique to them I no. I I also don't know why this is a uh, Amplify branded thing I do know at least in the US store there's a third mm. tab they used to ever since they did the rebrand they have the unify and UISP toggle kind of in right this. there next to the search box yeah now there's an amplify toggle um, so yeah who knows I you know we were kind of thinking maybe amplify is going away maybe yep. it's not I mean if this is a new product in that world um, maybe there's going to be more Amplify products as well. Yeah, I,
0: I can't find any. Usually in their marketing images, there's also like there's like a use case or a deployment example. Does this, this doesn't have this? So it's just it's just got phone images. Um, in my head, I think they're probably transitioning Amplify to be away from Wi-Fi stuff um, and just using Unify for that brand because it's a stronger brand. And maybe maybe going to like accessories and stuff. I don't know. Weird,
1: but yeah. And now, is pricing wise? I mean, this is they have a two meter, four and a half meter, seven meter, and a, a really short one. I mean, they're
0: yeah. Someone they on Twitter to be was complaining. Premium. It. Yeah, someone on Twitter was complaining it's only USB two, but this is meant for power delivery more than anything else, isn't it? So. Um, yeah, it's similar. Um,
1: Apple does the same thing. Um, yeah. I have a, a two meter, like a six foot. Uh, you know, it's only USB two speeds, but it's it's really just for delivering power. Mm-hmm. Of course, it doesn't have a little display to show you. <laughs> how much power is coming through it but um a yeah. little bit pricey for what you're getting and but uh cool and yeah i guess we'll have to stay tuned to see what amplify is going to be
0: mm. and what's weird to me is if you buy the 0.3 or 2 meters it does 480 megabits per second data but if you buy the 4.5 or 7 meter it does no data charging only
1: on well yeah i, I guess yeah. there maybe it's a limitation of yeah maybe it's a limitation of usb 2 and they're they're not running enough pins over that long of a cable yeah, maybe. to to have data transfer. No. I don't know. I'm not super good with uh, <laughs> USB. It's a very complicated world.
0: Uh, USB C was designed to be simple, but it, it it I think other people got their hands on it and it's become more complicated than like yeah. itself. So. <laughs> well, here's here's Amplifier to save the day and make it simple. <laughs> um, I couldn't work out if this was new or not, but I think it is. It's the Precision Rack Mount Kit, twenty pack. Um, and i I can't work out what it's for. It's like to help you align things better. It says aligned k ca- it says snap and insert with two vertically aligned cage nuts designed to ensure uniform rack installation so make things look nicer, I guess, but it's fifty dollars for twenty. it's a bit pricey, but
1: yeah, so they have the toolless mini rack and that's the one where it's just like um kind of like shelves in a way there's Mm. six U's, um and and you just kind of slide the product in i don't think Mm -hmm. they have any cage nuts on that right i mean i'm looking at the product image i don't see any so maybe maybe they're uh you know they have a bunch of other rack related stuff they have the the Mm. UCD panels uh the blank inserts dust cover uh they have rack mount accessories for a bunch of their products but yeah they, they don't have anything that has these kind of um open squares just kind of uh, you yep. know, uh, that's kind of what a standard rack would look like where you have to finagle the little I don't know if you've ever had to do that it, it always kind of hurts your hand <laughs> yep. or you need like a, a good little tool for that but um, if, if this makes that process simple where um, putting in cage nuts to rack gear if this just is a, a simple little thing to get something racked I don't know if I'd spend 50 bucks to get 20 of them but I, I think that's a, a, a nice thing to have for, for some people yeah, I use uh, rack studs for my stuff. Seems to work quite well.
0: So. Yeah, th- nice.
1: those are those are kind of the um, gold standard in my mind. Those are really nice. Yeah, they're very
0: good. These seem a bit pricey. I'm not sure how well these will sell, but um, yeah, cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it makes me wonder if they're going to introduce either a larger rack or, or a, like, they have that toolless mini rack. Maybe they're going to have one that uh, this goes with. Um, so yep. maybe this just came out first. We'll see.
0: Yeah. So... That's all the hardware, not as much as we've had before, which is quite nice. Um, next one is software. <laughs> uh, so we've got Unify Network One sorry, we've got Unify Network 8.1.104. Um this has since been replaced with 1.107, I believe. Um so we saw 104 about a month ago. Um just a, lots of improvements like site score and different things in there, um and an easy way to see networks
1: and viewers and things yeah and this the most exciting these two releases um it, it seems like they're they're doing a, a lot um so yeah you mentioned mm-hmm. the the network viewer and site score which is kind of uh that kind of gives like a, a qualitative grade on how secure you are i'm not sure what the site score is did you know what that was
0: yes um it's like a uh it it takes all the settings and things you've set on your controller and gives you a score, like a A B C D A, B, C, D thing, and says, you could do this to improve your site score. Basically just advice, a nice interface for advice. In in recent versions, they've removed it temporarily because there were some issues with it. Um, the current EA version, I think one they they've removed it. Um, but in one o four, it was there. It seems to work okay. I just think, I don't know, like different advice to do different things, like enable certain features and things.
1: So, Yeah, and the other one that is really nice, they've rotated the topology view. Finally. (laughs) So, especially for larger networks, you kind of had this big, long vertical list you kind of had to scroll through. So, they finally allowed you to rotate that, which is really nice. Um, But the much more exciting stuff to me is all the kind of hardcore ish, you know, for for Unify, hardcore networking features. So, they finally allowed you to um, have like a custom NAT pool. So, if you have multiple IP addresses and you want this network to go to this public IP or this device to go to this public IP and everyone else to use something, you know, this larger range of public IP addresses. Um, that was yeah. kind of flexibility you didn't have in Unify before. So that's that's a big change. Um, I'm excited to dig mm. into the, the kind of details once that feature is finalized. They also did L3 cool. network isolation and device isolation, um, ACLs. So that's kind of a more in-depth networking feature that you wouldn't find in Unify in the past. So that's another big change uh, in, in features that they're adding to Unify. And then in, in 107, they added OSPF. Um, So OSPF is kind of a, it's a dynamic routing protocol. And that's something that, you know, they they do have the traffic routes um, and you could always make static routes, but you never could do OSPF or any kind of big dynamic routing um, that people are used to for most networking devices. So OSPF there, and they did confirm BGP is coming. So (laughs) OSPF, BGP, ACLs, custom NAT pools. Um, it seems like they're they're really going hard on on pushing Unify up as far as like uh, longstanding limitations. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm happy to see those four and there's a lot of other stuff um, in these releases that is good, but those are the ones that I'm paying attention to.
0: Yeah, I've only ever used BGP and OSPF in a sort of a WISP environment. How would you use it in a enterprise environment? I guess for redundancy and different things,
1: or yeah, I I think we don't really have that full picture yet. Um, okay. Because Unify traditionally has been like a single site, single router. Yeah, yeah. Add some switches, add some APs, and yeah, in that kind of network, you don't need OSPF. You'd only need OSPF if you have multiple gateways. Um, right. So if you have either, you know, a, a, a larger business with multiple buildings, multiple sites, and you use OSPF to route uh, to learn the routes to all of those different subnets. Um, it, it's just a different way to do it. But yeah, when, once you have multiple gateways, these are the kind of features you need. Um, same thing with ACLs. Uh, that's just uh, a, a way to secure your traffic and limit them. It's kind of similar mm-hmm. to firewall rules, but kind of more on the, the switch level, um, putting that very simply. But yeah, it's just, these these are tools that we haven't added in Unify, and it makes me interested in their direction. Because if they're starting to add these features, I think they're going to add more in that area, and they're going to make unify sites with multiple gateways and yeah I'm, I'm curious to see like where they're headed with all this but all of that is kind of pointing me towards they're they're trying to compete with like a pfSense sense or or kind of a more uh in-depth serious networking tool they're not just looking at home users they're, they're looking at businesses i think
0: yeah multiple gateways would be quite interesting wouldn't it be quite a unique way of doing well yeah things. and they like yeah.
1: shadow mode um yep that was something that they never had before but like all these features are you know if you look at the 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 direction they're heading over the past six months year mm-hmm. it's all you know give the stuff that businesses need um yep. and then <laughs> sell it to them and say hey we don't have licensing we have all these features we're so much easier to use than cisco or however yep. they want to sell it um but i i think that's coming coming up that's right, yeah um there's also some more stuff in
0: 107 you got uh UPMP and import forwarding a viewer pay on the network viewer page you got uh Inner space was now added to network application servers. So in code, that just means self-hosted and hostify. I've installed it on my server uh, and it works, so it's quite nice. Um, they just added a tab for it in the bottom left, which is quite nice. Not a separate app. Um, some DHCP improvements, leases, and things. Is also this thing called AI logs? No idea what that means, um, but I guess we'll see what that means. Uh, but yeah, there's uh, lots of, add, there's lots add of cool stuff. Add AI to everything. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, lots of cool stuff in and there. Yeah, I, the, l-
1: I agree. like the way they're the, going. So. The other thing is uh, IPv6 got a lot of love, which is another thing um, that they've been kind of yeah. behind on. Uh, IPv6 was there kind of uh, in a very fragile, limited state. Yeah. Uh, they've kind of built out IPv6. Um, so it's kind of uh, better late than never, I guess, on that. But OSPF yeah. is the same. Like I never thought I'd see OSPF in Unify, so I'm, I'm curious to see where, where they go.
0: No, I don't think a lot of people did. Um, so, yeah. Awesome, some good stuff coming to Unify. So, very quick update about Unify mobile router, the UMR. So, we have got 1.9.6. Uh, we've now got port forwarding on the UMR. We have to test that out. We need to have a look at that. Um, got GPS toggle. I guess you can turn on and off the GPS because it does have your town on the screen, which is a bit annoying. Uh, Multi WAN feature. I guess that means you can have Ethernet and LTE as. Um, the, the WAN for the device and also you got local web interface improvements and different bits in there, so quite a small update to that. Uh, the UMR is still a bit of a weird device in terms of its pricing, like you have to have a subscription for it so Whenever I see a Protect update I always get a bit excited because I think Protects my favorite thing that Unif- Ubiquity does. <laughs> um, I use the Protect stuff all the time. Uh, this was awesome, this update, so this came out again around about a month ago. Um, we got support for so much stuff, we got So for the G4, G5 and AI, the cameras can now detect animals, but also different types of animals, so cat, dog, cow, sheep, horse, deer and bear. Um, It works quite well actually, my G4 cameras pick up the fact that it sees animals, Um, it doesn't quite pick up the fact that what type of animals they are, Um, it doesn't quite work on the G5s yet for some reason, but it's pretty cool though, Um, it doesn't seem to be there doesn't seem to be much on margin for error, so it's quite clever. So, um, Also, audio detections. You can pick up a baby crying or car horns or different things. And then the AI series can now recognize different types of vehicles. So it says car, van, truck, bus, motorcycle, bike, SUV. And then further down that road, the AI series only can pick out the color of the vehicle as well, which is awesome. <laughs> so it make, should make things fil- like filtering different things quite easy. Uh, which is quite cool. I, I like to see what when and like where my cats go. Which is quite funny. So I just filter by animal and then I see what the cats do. So. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Have, have you? You said you on You have what? G four cameras or do you have any of the AI? Cameras?
0: I have a mix of G three, G four, G five. I have one AI camera, the three sixty. Um, but weirdly, the three sixty, the three sixty is the only exception when it comes to vehicle classification for some weird reason. I guess to do with the field of view, but yeah.
1: Yeah, maybe the image is too warped or, yeah. or something. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, that's interesting. And that's all... Um, the other thing with Protect... Is mm. this still EA? No, this is GA. The, yeah. Okay, this is GA. Yeah. Um, did that? Did the feature where you can um, specify your console by IP... Did that come to iOS? I know that was Android only, I think, last time we talked.
0: I believe it is on iOS now, but I haven't managed to find it on my phone, though. Because I've, I've got all the EA updates on my phone. Um, test flight but i haven't Mm -hmm. had to find it just yet Mm, okay i'd imagine yeah that's
1: yeah yeah, it's it's either i'd assume already out i think like i think i saw something fly back a few uh, or fly by a a few weeks ago about that um but yeah this seems like a huge feature release which is nice to see for protect yeah there's also a dark mode which lots of people
0: like which is nice nice. (laughs)
1: thank god we're saved.
0: Cool. Uh, we have also got Unified OS 3.2.12. This is one of those little updates for um, all the consoles, like the UNVR, the um, UDM devices. They all have the same feature, essentially, it's just some little fixes in here. Like it says fixed speed on SFP ports when the module has a faulty EEPROM. I guess that's a, a chip on the SFP port, potentially. SFP module, sorry. But very, very minor update um, available for all the devices now. So.
1: Yeah, and we didn't have it uh, in our list to talk about, but I know that uh, I think the Express finally got 3.2. I'm trying to find okay. that release now. Yeah, yeah. 3.2.5. Because okay. uh, the Express was released, I think, back in November, and it was stuck on, uh, I think it was a 3.1 release. Oh, right. Um, okay. So all the stuff that came to 3.2... That was about a month ago. I think it, it was right around when we recorded or, or maybe just right after. So I don't know if we mentioned mm. it last time, but Express is on 3.2.5 and it's yep. still lagging. So it didn't get, th- I, I, I correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think it got 3.2.12. I don't think it car. did. I think that was the only one that was missing, yeah. Yeah, so I'm, I'm curious if the Express um, is going to lag behind the other consoles and maybe the Ultra will too. I don't know. It mm. seems like they, they have kind of a process where um, the larger consoles like the Dream Machine Pro are, are kind of the first... Yep. wave and then maybe the express and the uh, cloud gateway ultra will be after that and then <laughs> the uxg will get it when we get to it and same thing with like um the feature you mentioned where uh interspace wasn't on self-hosted controllers yep. right away i think that's that's their new method where they'll just kind of delay a feature a month or two for their lower priority platforms maybe yeah i think so
0: cool i think that's all the software we've got for this month um just quickly we're going to look at anything else we've been working on and also the other sections there's a few items in here um i i think me and you are probably the most common people to visit techspecs.ui.com simply for marketing images i know i visit visit it most times in the week um but i noticed they've added this compare table thing um i'm not sure how you feel about that because that's sort of your sort of unique thing on your website but uh you can now just compare <laughs> uh, compare devices um quite easily on the techspecs no, website So I-
1: I love that. Um oh, yeah? I'm I'm so happy that they did techspecs.ui.com. Like it's really nice to have that kind of centralized place to go. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the the new I I don't know if anything else changed, but that that new compare table. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that I've I've wanted to build something like that for a long time and I just either it didn't find a way to do it and didn't really put in the time. Yep. But the way that you can dynamically filter and say, "Okay, I want to look at all the 24-port switches, um, yep. and let me just see the common specs for that. Um, you can drag them around. Uh, them. I, it's 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 really really well done. So I, I'm really happy they, they did that. And I I couldn't care less if I'm uh, people come to me less for comparison tables because those are a, a pain to make and they, they should really come from the vendor uh, in my mind. So I'm I'm really really happy to see that. And I I wish other vendors were kind of uh, aggressive towards improving their documentation and making things easier to compare like that. And you mentioned better images. What what changed there?
0: Um, so if you go to marketing, it's only on some of the items, but um, on the store pages, there used to be these deployment um, images, and they used to be they always, they always used to be really low res and quite low quality. Now on some of the product pages, they've now got those images in a larger format, basically, um, which are, they're useful for making thumbnails and stuff for me, because um, they always used to be really rubbish quality. So not on a, not on all of them, but it's on a, a handful of them at the moment. I can't quite find an example, but I'll put them on screen when I edit this, this, this video, but, um, I think someone like the UK ultra has got it, I think, but other devices haven't. So it's interesting to the, the fact that they've now allowing more marketing information, um, sort of better images and things. Cause it's, it makes content creation a bit easier, if not anything else. <laughs> so,
1: right. Yeah. That, and it seems like they're, um, there, they seem to be more proactive with updating support articles too. That's the other thing that I've noticed. Um mm. they've rearranged that whole like help.ui.com world a few times over the past year. Mm. Um but I like for for new things like when they released the ultra switches um and those ultra switches didn't have spanning tree um or, or link aggregation those help articles were actually kind of like updated with the release of those products where before oh, maybe sorry. that wasn't it wasn't mentioned or wasn't mentioned uh quickly. So uh always good to see all all the you know, help articles, the community mm. forums aren't aren't the only place to turn. You have the, the tech specs, the help articles, and all the other stuff that they have.
0: Yeah, definitely agreed. Uh, it's good that they're improving that. Uh, the very last thing I want to get to. I saw this. I thought this was really weird how it works. So the cloud, uh, not the cloud, the Unify um, Cable Internet modem thing. Um, I thought it was really weird that the ISPs had managed to push an update by accident to the 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 modems essentially and Ubiquiti had to prevent it so I think this was one of the team they've used their UI team handle to do it it says earlier this week some ISPs pushed a firmware update to the part of the UCI whose firmware they control without notifying Ubiquiti this required firmware 1.3 on the part of the UCI that we do control our safety mechanisms kicked in in order to update our part of the UCI even though 1.3 was still in EA this prevented the impacted UCIs from failing entirely we are still working on promoting 1.3 to GA and expect that will happen in the next few days. This was about a week ago. If there are any issues, please let us know. So I thought that was really weird that the fact the ISPs can update part of the modem, a Ubiquity modem, that, I don't know, makes it feel a bit weird.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess, it, yeah, they're the part that they connect to. Uh, yes. Definitely strange that either the user or Ubiquity don't have control over that, yeah, especially yeah. if... if you know, like for us in the US, Comcast, Xfinity, or whoever your ISP is, they can just update your software yep. without you having any control over it. That. That's strange, but it, it does kind of make sense because that is technically on their network. Yeah, yeah. So yep. that's like the DMARC point where that's like they technically control that part. But that that is weird, and uh, I feel bad for whoever hit that button to push the software because they probably got in, uh, in trouble. But that's, yeah, very interesting. Yep. Hmm. I just saw that the other day. I thought, oh, that's weird.
0: Um, is there anything that you've been working on since we last recorded an episode of the podcast that you want to promote? We've been being quite busy?
1: Uh, yeah, I've uh, been busy in other areas. Um, I do have updates for... Um, there's a few new Aruba Instant On devices that I need to add to my comparison charts for that. I want to update my uh, Unify comparison charts, even though <laughs> maybe they'll be obsolete soon. We'll see. Um, but I did want to update those and kind of do some more... Um, cross-vendor comparisons. Um, I didn't finish my Unify Express review. I kind of had it three quarters of the way done. But now that the Cloud Gateway is out, um, I think I'm just going to kind of piece those together. Um, so keep an eye out for probably a review of those those two devices in one. And the only other thing I, I want to do is I, I want to write about um, the, uh, the limitation of the backplane because it seems like yep. there's a lot of confusion about what is the backplane mm-hmm. what is being limited to a gigabit speed um that applies to the the cloud gateway ultra it also applies to the the dream machine se and dream machine pro um so that's just something i'm I'm working on uh we'll see if, if that comes out i just i haven't been writing as much as i want to um but hopefully to get, i'll get back in the, the swing of, swing of things here
0: yeah, I finally got around to recording a video, it took about two days to make, but I recorded a video for Hostify UK Ultra, so I basically had a look at it, did some speed testing. I managed to get a open speed test um, thing running on my iMac, there's an app on the App Store where you can just install and it becomes a server, um, it makes it a lot easier because I think it was on Linux before, so if anyone's was interested in doing that, that's quite an interesting way of doing things, so I managed to run some speed tests from my iMac to my phone and wired from my phone yeah there's all sorts of things in that video so um and what's quite cool is i used a tele teleprompter for the first time so i'm recording the podcast today on a teleprompter to sort of make things a little bit more eye contact with the camera but i scripted a video for the first time um which was quite interesting so i think i think it made the video i think it made the video a little bit better to watch um and less of me falling over my words which is quite nice <laughs> so it's interesting to see how that how that goes so what do you what are you
1: using for a teleprompter i okay, curious.
0: So. uh i got the elgato uh prompter it's called i think so
1: oh yeah they make good so it's stuff. got and yeah i noticed yeah. I, I i try not to watch the youtube videos of these shows just because it makes me cringe to like see myself speak Uh, but I know it's the same thing I'll be like looking at notes or like looking down or I'm like I'm looking at your video and then I'm just like not making eye contact with the camera it's tough but yeah teleprompter uh, who knew yeah it's great it's got an LCD screen
0: built in so I haven't got to use an iPad and the phone is behind the mirror so it looks quite nice so I used it twice today so Um, just very quickly before we finish have you seen uh, in the last few days Labs have now got self-hosted controllers available no
1: oh I'm going to check that out yeah. Um is that all they released was self hosted controllers? I believe so. Um because I knew they had news um like I I know we're anticipating kind of a, a gateway routing platform from them. Yep. But I, I think so far the only hardware we've seen is a few APs and a few switches. Um but self hosted controllers, wow. Okay.
0: Yes, there's a if you just google Ultra lab self hosted there's two YouTube videos from them and there's also a SPX Labs. I don't know if you've seen these videos. He does some ebooks stuff as well, mm-hmm. but he made a video Alter Labs News um the other day as well. So there's like partner programme beta stuff. But yeah, self hosted. Um so it's interest interesting to see what they're doing, um, in terms of other bits. Obviously it is a quite a Ubiquiti ex ubiquiti heavy company. Um I think there's more Ubiquiti stuff there than I thought there was. Last episode we discussed Chris Bolcher being there. I had a look on LinkedIn and there's a lot more ex ubiquiti stuff than I realised. <laughs> so it's very much yeah, like I think it's
1: mostly yeah. Um and yeah, they're they're. Have you used any of their products or anything? I I think not, they're kind of the oh, most yeah. interesting Unify competitor currently, because mm-hmm. well, I guess TP Link Omada is the other you know near competitor, and I I was digging into Aruba Instant On. Um, I reviewed them maybe two years ago. It seems like not much has changed in two years. I think probably Ulta Labs has had more progress in the past two years than. Uh, Aruba Instant on has so yeah I'm, yeah I'm definitely keeping an eye on that company I, I wouldn't mind trying out their uh, self-hosted controller and all their other new stuff I'm going to have to rename this show to uh,
0: networking chat instead of UI chat I think <laughs> get other other manufacturers in and talk about <laughs> alter chat yeah start a branch yeah. uh, sort of an alter show so <laughs> yeah cool cool uh, as always you can find this podcast on YouTube Apple Podcasts Spotify and more for a full description of this show visit the episode link in the show notes uh, I did mention it on Twitter as well, but if anyone has any Ubiquity related questions, please email them to info at theinterface.uk and we'll go through those questions in the future episode. Me and Evan have had quite a bit of experience in the networking space and WISP, so if you've got any weird questions about Ubiquity, just let us know. We'll try and answer them in the next episode. Thank you for joining me on this episode of UI Chat. Where can people find you online if they want to find out more about what you and what you do?
1: EvanMcCann.net.
0: Thanks for listening to the UI Chat podcast. If you like what we do, follow the show on all the podcast platforms and YouTube. Give us a rating. This really helps other people find this show. Thanks again, Evan, and we'll see you again next time.
1: See ya.